Hey friends, welcome to the John Houston podcast. I'm your co-host, Ani Brooks, along with host John Houston. Uh, John is an entrepreneur, CEO, husband, and father. Most of all though, he's a Christ follower and his mission is to reach people for Christ and give to the kingdom. Part of how he does that is by equipping Christian leaders to integrate their faith into every aspect of who they are, including the workplace. Uh, and today we have a wonderful guest with us. Uh, we have Holly Moore who's joining us and John Holly has been working very closely with us for the yeah. last three years. It's been um, great. It's been wonderful. So Holly, you have uh, a history of working with global nonprofits, executive mm -hmm. leadership roles, um, brilliant at, at what you do. Um, but three years ago, you started your own business uh, consulting group called Holla Strategies. And we have been uh, benefactors of that, yeah. very much so. John, you wrote a book. I did. Finding My Way Home that Holly helped us get out on the market. Helped us a lot. Yeah. Yes. You did a great job on that. We're yeah, using so it for the second book we're working on right now. It's great. Yes. Yeah. 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 And so you two um, were just telling me the story just a few minutes ago about how you guys first met because I got to know you through John. Right. Um, so yes, tell that story. How did yeah, you meet? Just, I love how God sometimes... I think you and I were talking earlier today, John, neither one of us really liked the term networking. Networking right. feels so yeah. transactional. Yes. But what I dearly love is building wonderful relationships. Yep. And so God intersected our path about three years ago through a friend that mm -hmm. knew that John was working on a book, just thinking about how just different things leading the company and different things you were dealing with and thought, hey, I'd love for you to get to meet Holly. You and Tracy were in Atlanta. We got to meet for breakfast, and I just immediately thought, gosh, that would be an amazing man to get to serve. Hey, and man, in three years, you've done so much for us, yeah, and so we just much. really, really appreciate that. You've added so much value to us. I don't think we've come close to adding as much value to you as you have to us. <laughs> um you know, and one of my favorite people in your life is your mom. She actually, yes. she actually sent me an encouraging video <laughs> today. Did. So she that's did. really cool. So it just kind of shows you the value yes. is in the relationship. It is. Um, you know, even growing up, I, I always heard it's all about who you know. Mm -hmm. And I say it's all about who you know, but we know yes. that that's Christ. Mm -hmm. That's right. And without Christ and without that purpose, we would have never met. Because your heart and your vision just to use the gifts and the talents God has given you um, to add value to other people and serve them where they're at is how we actually all met. So because that's that. what the people that introduced us uh, to you actually told us about you. Okay. So, man, that's for us what it's all about. And, uh, and man, when you do that day to day, the, the benefits that you reap personally is mm -hmm. just crazy. And uh, so I think yeah. that's a little bit kind of on the lines of what we want to talk about today. So Yeah, yeah it is. Um, well, I mean, the first time I was introduced to you, Holly, was because in that conversation with John, right. you started talking uh, about when working with employees and or just right. people that you're leading, um, finding this balance of supporting and challenging. And uh, it resonated so much with John and Tracy that yeah. he yes. wanted you to talk to me and come speak to our leaders yes. uh, about this. And um it's fun that we're coming full circle because that's what we're going to talk about today yeah, is this I love that. great balance of finding how do you equally bring support and right. challenge to your team. So um, walk us through what have you learned in regards to that? 
I will. So I do love this tool called the Support Challenge Matrix, which was created by some friends of mine that have a company called Giant Worldwide. And if you can imagine, if you thought of a vertical line and a horizontal line, on that vertical line at the top is there are some people, it's very natural to them. God has wired them in such a way that they intuitively are just very supportive. Yeah. yeah, right. They're natural encouragers. They're the ones that are going to they're going to help you. Oh, you couldn't get that done. I'll help you. Just very that's so natural to them. It's just part of their gifting. It's part of who they are. Others would say that's not natural. I have to work at that. Right. Yeah. Right. If you think about it, a horizontal line would be this paradigm with challenge. There are some people, it's very easy as a husband, a father, a leader to bring challenge. They have no problem speaking directly. Um, They love that verse that says, speak the truth in love, because they're going to tell you what they think about everything. (laughs) They have no problem bringing challenge, right? Mm -hmm. Other people, that scares them, right? right? I mean, I can just remember, I grew up in just an incredibly dysfunctional home, and there was a part of that that if I felt conflict and a lot of challenge, that became mm-hmm. almost scary yeah. for me a little bit. So if you think about this, think about it, God has wired all of us that some of us are more naturally going to be supportive. Some of us are more naturally going to bring right. appropriate challenge. Right. Well, what happens if you think about it in a workplace, um, John, this can happen in a church. It can happen in a nonprofit. But if you think about a culture on a team, If the leader is naturally very dominant and naturally doesn't provide much support and is just always bringing challenge, Mm -hmm. then it almost creates this dominator culture. Yeah. Right. So a lot of work gets done. Mm -hmm. Right. People are hitting their numbers. They're achieving their goals. But John, in so many ways, people are doing that because either they're afraid of the leader or they feel manipulated. Right. So you get a lot done. But you can mm-hmm. just churn and burn people. Yeah. But can be, and a lot of times the leader has no idea that they're can even instilling that yeah. in people. They don't know. Right. They cannot yeah. be self-aware. Yeah. Conversely, you can have an organization where maybe the leader, the leadership team, mm-hmm. they gravitate more toward being very, very supportive. Mm-hmm. And it almost creates this protector culture. Yeah. But here's the thing that can happen. In the early days of that, people almost just feel entitled, like, oh, I didn't hit my goal. John's going to cover for me. It's okay. We're Mm -hmm. a family around here, right? We're going to protect. But here's the thing. When you're either running a business, running a nonprofit, at some point you're going, we've got goals. We've got to hit numbers. And then when, when you just feel like it's not getting done, it's not getting done, then people lose their patience. And how many times do you have somebody, they were working, and then all of a sudden someone's at the verge of wanting to fire them, and the person's like, what in the world happened? But it's because you've created this protector culture. Right. So the big idea that we started talking about that day is, and Jesus actually was the perfect model for this, and we can follow as usual. (laughs) He did it perfectly, is here's the big idea. I think that extraordinary leaders calibrate high support, and high challenge Mm -hmm. to fight for the highest possible good in the lives of those they lead. And it's so much where, John, and I think you do this well and you've learned through the years of running your business, you might know, well, when I'm leading Ani, 
this is how I need to calibrate support and challenge. When I'm talking with Chad, this is how I'm going to lead support and challenge. Bobby, but great leaders are understanding who's on the other side of them, what do they need, what's going to bring out the best in them, but to calibrate that to fight for their highest possible good. Yeah, it reminds me of, you know, you got to know the state of your flock. Yes. So looking back on on our organization, even over the last 17 years since we started, what's interesting about that is we've probably gone through both of those. Yeah. In fact, we have gone through both yeah, of them absolutely. at one time or another, because when, when we first started, um, I'm very much a visionary. Some people would say I have a lot of confidence. <laughs> well, that confidence sometimes can come across as domineering. Right. Um, and so... I didn't pick up on that real early. So I was like, let's go, let's go, let's go. You know, so I'm pushing everybody um, without really. And then it created this atmosphere. Almost people were afraid to make a decision. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so then I had to work out of that. So then we ended up working out of that and into a little bit more of the protective mode where people mm-hmm. were almost felt like, in fact, some of their, sometimes people aren't even saying what they actually think. Yes. And so nobody was actually saying, oh, well, we can, we'll just be, we'll be protected. But it was this heart and this attitude yes. that was coming across of, mm-hmm. wait, we're a Christian-based company and, you know, right. really nobody's right. going to do anything because right. we're all in this together and we're all learning and we're all growing. And man, I was that guy that it started really frustrating me because I'm right. like, this is ridiculous. Right. <laughs> you know? And so it's, we yeah. actually, I'm saying I've had to work through both of those myself Mm-hmm. Um, and which is really interesting when you think about if you if you're leading an organization that's big and it's been around for a long time, that organization may have already walked through some of those, but it, the leader of that organization still drives so much 100%. of that. And as somebody that starts businesses, because that's kind of my passion, I love mm-hmm. starting something and getting it going and then handing it off to another leader. Right. It's easy sometimes that I've almost got to wear multiple different hats. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because these different companies are at different places. Right. The leaders are at different places. And now, to, to your point exactly, I actually have to look at that leader of that company mm-hmm. and say, where are right. they? I've got to know the state of my flock. I've got to know the state That's of right. where they're at and yeah. make sure we're balancing that to the best of our ability. And right. what's interesting about what you just talked about, too, is um, you know each of us as an individual leader, like you were saying, mm-hmm. We tend individually to lean towards one or the other. That's right, for sure. But then collectively as as a company or as an organization right. within your culture, um, like you pointed out, because um, our companies are so mission-driven um, based on, on Christianity and Christian yeah. faith, uh, it, it creates this culture of wanting right. to protect, wanting to lean a little bit more towards the support. And, um, and so that, that creates a dynamic even within itself where you have some yeah. leaders who tend to lean more towards challenge within a culture that wants to protect right. and, and learning how to balance all right. of that. And so, um, yeah, Holly, I would love to hear from you just what you've learned over the years, whether it's personally or just with the different groups you've worked with. Yes. How do you bring that into balance? I, so interestingly, John, just... I always tell people it's not my first rodeo. I've kind of been at this for a while. And as you mentioned, I you know, was in corporate America for about a decade and had leadership positions and then with um, several global nonprofits. And this is what I discovered in my own leadership journey. I think I started out being more in protector mode. And I think it had to do with 
how I grew up. Yeah. I think yeah. I mentioned, I just, I always tell people if anybody can learn how to do conflict resolution, anybody mm-hmm. can do it if I have learned how to do it. Cause it just was not waddled, modeled for me yeah. at all. Yeah. And that's amazing because you are so great at it now. Well, yeah. it's been a lot of trial and error, yeah. but I think I leaned more toward that protector. But mm-hmm. here's what happened is as I got in more and more senior leadership positions, and I don't know if this relates to you, John, but sometimes I felt the weight of we've got to perform, we've got to achieve, we've got to hit this goal, or we've got this mm-hmm. really big mission. Then there's a part of my personality that if I'm going to do something, I want to do it well. Mm-hmm. I really want to fight for excellence, but I can sometimes be a little bit perfectionistic. Yeah. And I will just never forget that I was involved in a 360 review and, you know, it was brutal. But I got some feedback to say, Holly, sometimes you can come across as intimidating. You can mm-hmm. come across as dominating and that people don't feel like they ever quite measure up. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. that was like a dagger to my heart because yeah. that's the last thing in the world that I wanted. Right. Mm-hmm. But what I realized was is in my desire to achieve, in my desire to push forward, to achieve what we were trying to do, I just, that calibration, mm-hmm. Ani, I was leaning too hard on the challenge part. So that's why I love it. When we think about great leaders that can calibrate high support and high challenge, we would say it creates a liberating culture. Yeah. Because John, in many ways, don't we want, we want to liberate people that were fighting for their highest possible good. They're using their God-given talents in whatever role they have. And again, I, I think back in scripture, we were talking about this earlier today. Here's Peter. Mm-hmm. And Jesus was discipling him. You can go through the Gospels, and there were times when Jesus was brutally honest yeah. to Peter. Yeah. Really reprimanded me, Satan. Right? <laughs> really reprimanded yeah. him, uh-huh. right? Called him on things. Yeah. Yet after Peter had denied Christ, Jesus came back, personally sought him out, and knew Peter needs to feel my support in order to be able to do what I've called him yeah, to right. do. Mm-hmm. Jesus was brilliant at reading people in a situation Mm -hmm. and then calibrating that high support and high challenge, which Mm -hmm. is why I would say as Christ followers, as we approach work every day, we have got to pray for the wisdom and discernment of the Holy Spirit to go, what does this person need? What does my team need? And how do I do that calibration today? That's really good. Honestly, it's it's not just work though. I was at lunch. I was sharing with you guys even today, literally how that's exactly what was happening with my wife and I. My wife's and I. My wife is in another country trying to solve some some problems that are going on over there. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm over here in you know Red Oak, Texas. And so she's saying, "What do you think about this option?" I'm like, "Well, that's not an option." Right. And so anyway, there's this back and forth. And so how far do you push yes. that and right. to the point where I go, okay, God, really, it's my attitude mm-hmm. that yes. I've got to fix. I've just got to trust her to make the call, you know? And so it reminds me of one of our longest tenured leaders here is, is that I remember his name's Jason Dodson. Mm. He's a president of, of our multifamily company today. But I remember years ago, I was actually having that balance of, mm-hmm. okay, how do I do that? How do mm-hmm. I give him more, mm-hmm. but hold him accountable to it? And right. the biggest thing that that I just really learned from it was I had to tell him where to play. Yes. And I think that mm-hmm. was really where the game changer started yep. in our relationship was that 
because he loved football. I'm not, I grew up playing soccer, so I didn't really know much about it. So I was trying to play in his world. (laughs) But I was like, okay, think about it like this. Here's your football field. As long as you stay inside the, right. As long as you're in inside the boundaries, the boundaries yeah. of the yeah. field, you can go anywhere you want and you call the plays. Yeah. If you step outside of those, that's when you need to ask me what to do. Right. Um, and and one of the one of the biggest ones was when it came to dollars, um, because he was calling me on a regular basis. It was a hundred dollar thing or a five hundred dollar right. thing or a thousand dollar thing. Yeah. And I was like, dude, you got to quit calling me on this stuff. Just make the decision. He's like. How much is too much? Right. Mm-hmm. And we said, okay, let's put let's put steps in place. Yeah. Here's your, you make the five thousand dollar call. Then it went to ten thousand. Today, he makes million dollar decisions, and I don't even know that he made them. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And so, but it's because it's had to progress, and that happens with trust. Right. But as a leader, I've also got to set the parameters clearly to them right. so they know what they are too mm-hmm. um, because we also went through in, in that protector stage we went through a stage where all of a sudden our leader would get frustrated because they didn't feel like their their staff was performing and they want to fire them okay i'm just going to get rid of this person and then we're like okay well where's their write-ups have you written them up at all you know, had you they, ever told have you them ever told right. them this was have you ever told right. them this is an issue and something right. you just can't keep working through and a lot of times the answer was no. Yeah. And so that's when mm-hmm. we had gone from this dominant stage and we almost flip-flopped it completely right. to where it was, now I'm just frustrated, I just want to fire people. So it was the opposite, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, it is. And so we had to, we had to try to find that balance. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's what you're saying. It is. It's a it's, trial you've got to calibrate I think it. With your yes. own organization, yes. sometimes... You know, you've got to you've got to balance that as close as you can because you don't want to make the mistakes because they are affecting your leadership, the way right. people view you as a leader. But also, even more importantly, right. they're affecting those people that you're leading. Well, um, and I often find that if I'm working with a faith-based nonprofit or even a business such as yours that's you know really built on a faith foundation and it impacts everything right. that you do, we can make the mistake that almost quote unquote, the Christian thing to do mm-hmm. is to be very supportive. Right. The Christian thing to do is to be forgiving. Right. And I just say, let's go back to Jesus, mm-hmm. right? Jesus challenged people. He yeah. did not say, I'm going to let you keep making a mistake. I'm going to let you keep doing something that doesn't measure up to a standard yeah. that I have. I'm going to be honest with mm-hmm. you. I mean, that's one of the things I love about Jesus. He's going to be honest with us. He's going to tell us the truth, but we speak the truth right. in love. You know, John, a lot of what you're talking about just before, I want to camp out on that. It, don't you find that with leadership, so much of it is providing clarity? Because what's the opposite of clarity is ambiguity. Yep. And when pe- when there is ambiguity, in any relationship, personal or professional, mm-hmm. I have found people almost have two different responses. There are some people in ambiguity that will overcompensate. They'll go, you're not going to tell me what you right. want. I'm just going to go out and do yep. whatever I want to do. And right. then you feel like you're trying to reel them back in. Right. For other people, ambiguity is almost paralyzing. Mm-hmm. And you're like trying to light a fire under them and going, it's okay. Yeah. Make a decision, right. lead. And so I think one of the reasons why I love this thinking through this matrix of support and challenge, because it is another way to provide clarity Mm -hmm. and to diminish ambiguity. Mm -hmm. And then people know 
this is what's expected of yeah. me. Yeah. This is what I can do. This is this is well, what I can do. Well, and I love that the matrix, the, the quadrant in that matrix is called the liberation. liberation. <laughs> it, because it, right. it really is liberating. And, and even just you keep bringing it back to Jesus as the model. Right. And that, that's ultimately what... What Jesus did, he liberated us he did. Um, from our, our sin, right? I mean, we right. can go into that whole um, gospel message, but right. I mean, it, it's true when there is this perfect balance of, you know, yeah. um, being challenging and, and tough where you need to be tough, but yeah. it's making sure that you're balancing that with the support that people need. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and then it's liberating it for is. people when they are challenged yet supported. supported. Yeah, so that's you, actually one of the on that real quick. One of the things that that I know God has always done for me mm-hmm. is that anytime the Lord corrects me, because we know the Scripture says that Jesus He He corrects those that He loves. That's right. Right. If we're to love people, we mm-hmm. should be correcting them. That's right. Yeah. Um, or we're really not loving them. And one of the things that I love about that though is that that I had to learn because I grew up in a house that was very domineering yeah. and led by law. And I and as I was growing out of that, one of the things that I, I really believe the Lord taught me was is that Jesus always leads with "I love you." Yes. He all in my prayer time yes. every day, I feel like the Lord tells me, "Don't forget the number one thing I want you to remember is that I love you, mm-hmm. and I'm pleased with you," which is the same thing He told Jesus. And I think He does want us to hear that and know that because mm-hmm. man, when you know that and you hear that, right. doesn't it make it easier? for you to hear Absolutely. and receive the discipline. And I think that's as leaders, one of the things we have to do um, is we have to, we have to make sure we're leading with that love, not yes. just with our mouth, but with our actions 100%. to where that's what gives us the right to mm-hmm. actually challenge. That's what actually gives us the right, right to actually speak those, that last 10% in truth, right? right? Cause that's where most people want to stop is, is they want to, they want to go to that last 10%. And then they don't want to finish that last 10%. That really that last 10% of correction is really what makes all the difference. For sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes that's the uncomfortable place yeah. that we don't want to go. But when we yeah. when we really love people and we're there to lift them up and see their goals and yes. see them succeed, the organization will always succeed always. if we're doing that. Yes. And, uh, and so, but it's, it's that last 10% in love and in gentleness um, that is earned over time. So you don't just, so what I'm saying is to our listeners as well is I can't just lead with the the challenge. Right. I have to lead with the love and the gentleness and earn the right of over time, Mm -hmm. the respect, um, in order to speak that challenge. And sometimes that's the hard part because sometimes as leaders, we have those goals, we have those objectives, we have those things we've got to hit, um, or we're going to be held accountable. Right. Uh, but we also have to understand that takes time for us to lead the team there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So if you think if, I think sometimes it just, um, you kind of asked the question earlier, just mm-hmm. what are some just practical tips right. that I have found that have helped. So again, if I really frame this with, I'm fighting for the highest possible good. Yeah. And I love the that you say it that lives of those that, that I lead. The highest possible right? good. I want their mm-hmm. highest possible good. Yeah. Then I, Two things that I would suggest is, number one, is to actually have the conversation. I have literally sat down with people that have reported to me and said, I want, as I lead you and support you, I want you to be able to thrive in this role. Yeah. What feels supportive to you? What types of things mm-hmm. could I do as your boss 
that you would say, I felt supported. Yeah. Right. Because some yeah. people are saying, well, I need words of affirmation mm-hmm. or yeah. I need some extra time with you or mm-hmm. whatever that might be. And then when I need to bring challenge, how can you best hear you that? Mm-hmm. How could you best receive that? What would that look like yeah. for you? Mm-hmm. So as I mentioned, um, I think I told you guys earlier today, I had a, a phenomenal young leader named JT that worked for me one time. And he just goes, Holly, I'm a horse that likes to run. So if you've got something you need to tell me, uh-huh. just be blunt. Just tell me, well, John, if I had used that exact same approach with maybe somebody that had a different temperament, uh-huh. I could have crushed their spirit. Right. Yeah. right? Yeah. So ask people, right? what could I do that would make you feel supported? How can I best bring challenge to you? And then second of all, when you do need to bring challenge, I have found this wording to be incredibly helpful. I might say something like, Ani, I have noticed a pattern or a trend that I think you're unwittingly undermining your own influence. And I'd like to talk to you about that. And here's why I like it. If, if I'm concerned that you're undermining your own influence, then in essence, what I'm saying is I want you to be a person of influence. Exactly. I want you to thrive exactly. in your role, yeah. but I've noticed something that you're doing and you may be completely unaware of it, yeah. but can I bring this to your attention? Yeah. Because I actually yeah. want you to have even more influence. And so I think those are two things that, that a leader could even practice today yeah. in conversations and relationships. Yeah, that's and. So good to bring some liberation in the workplace. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Holly, so much for coming and talking yeah. about this. And, you know, one of the things that I appreciate about you so much is you're just such a great communicator and the oh. way you've articulated all of this and, Thanks. and even just made it so simple. I mean, just, just ask people, if you don't know, right. Yeah. Thanks so much for joining Thanks us for having and, me. and for being here. And, um, Thank you for listening to this episode of the John Houston Podcast. Uh, we pray you've received some hope and encouragement for your own life's work as you've listened. You can access the show notes, a full transcript, ways to contact us when you visit meetjohnhouston.com. Uh, we'd love to connect with you there. Uh, thanks again for listening, and we look forward to next time.